In a world where social media and outrageous beauty standards reign supreme, Girls in Real Life encourages young women to love themselves by living fearless and filter-free. Society might have its own idea of what a girl should be, but we're here to remind you of what it truly means to be a girl in real life. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Girls in Real Life podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Clayton, and today we have another Share Your Story segment. As you guys know, I absolutely love doing these because it gives me an opportunity to learn more about my listeners. So I'm going to let my guest today introduce herself and tell us a little bit more about her. My name is Bria Virgil. I'm a Houston fundraising vista at the Girls Empowerment Network. Um, I moved to Houston about a year ago, and I love being a Houstonian. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I'm a graduate of the University of Louisiana, Monroe. Wait, why didn't I know you were from Baton Rouge? Yeah, girl, you went to Zachary with my best friend, Taylor Ike, and that's how I know PJ. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that is insane. I did not put that together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's yes, so I, I thought you were from Houston no 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 I'm new to Houston absolutely love the city but I'm Baton Rouge born and raised oh wow so what made you move to Houston I had an internship out here at um, HCA Healthcare and just fell in love and um, as soon as I wrapped up my semester I, I was like I'm moving to Houston this is it this is it. I'm just gonna <laughs> out here on a prayer and hopefully I find a job and that's just going to be it. And I came out here and started bartending and serving um, while I was still working on my master's. Uh, I stayed here for about nine months. And then when I was in my last semester of getting my master's, I applied to work at Girls Empowerment Network because they had the VISTA position open. Mm -hmm. And literally my hiring day is March 16th, which is the day the world shut down. Because oh, wow. of the COVID pandemic and it's nothing but blessings. Like the restaurant that I worked at um, before COVID is like closed indefinitely now because of the pandemic. So I'm just so blessed to have this opportunity at the time. Like timing is is just crazy. That is. Oh, my goodness. March feels like a lifetime away, but it was literally just a few months ago. <laughs> exactly. So what exactly is the Girls Empowerment Network? Girls Empowerment Network is a nonprofit organization. We were started off as the Ophelia Project um, in 1996, and we were founded by 12 mothers of girls in the Austin, Texas area. Um, These mothers were all a part of a book club where they're uh, reading a book called Reviving Ophelia. And this book basically highlighted the increasing trends of permanent self-esteem loss in um, adolescent girls. So the women were basically came together and was like, not my daughter, not anyone's daughter. And the Ophelia Project was born and it grew into Girls Empowerment Network. That's so cool. So basically it stemmed from a group of moms who had a book club? Yes. A book club, the book was basically saying like the way um, society is going now, um, girls are really losing their self-esteem um, to the to the fact of losing it forever. And it's a permanent loss where they're always going to feel down and they feel, you know, this should not be the way things are. Girls should not be this young and already have this uh, low self-esteem. So they wanted to come together and, you know, start to ignite the power and grow and they really wanted girls to believe in their powers to uh, succeed. I love that because that is so true. And that was back, you said, in the late 60s, right? 1996. Oh, 96. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Yes. That was like when the internet and everything was starting to become like an actual Yes, when Instagram became a thing. Yeah. Well, Instagram came a little while after, but... 
That's so interesting to me because it is something a lot of girls struggle with is their self-esteem. I know I definitely did when I was in middle school and high school, especially like because those years of your life, you're so fragile and you're so gullible and malleable at those ages. And so you see the constant things that they portray in the media and on social media, like Instagram and Facebook, and you get this idea in your head of what you should look like and then when you realize you don't look like that or you can't look like that, it's like you get so down on yourself and you don't you don't love yourself. You don't accept yourself. You try so long trying to fit this standard that is just nearly impossible to reach. Yes, that's um, one of the things that we ask everyone who's like new to learning about our organization are people who want to come and volunteer or want to work with the girls. We always ask them, um, what was middle school like for you? Or um, can you just like look back on um how you felt when you were 13 or 14 and what things were going through your mind, what problems were you working through? Were your parents going through a divorce? Were you having trouble finding your friends? Like which group were you, um, which table did you sit with um, at lunch? And it's just, um, that's what we try to get our volunteers and everyone who comes in contact with us in that mindset to feel this way, the way you felt having low self-esteem or, you know, you had family problems going on. Um, girls are still going through those things today. And now, we have this core curriculum to help them move past these um, episodes in their life. Yeah, I think that's so important. That is like so freaking cool. So what do you guys do as an organization for girls who suffer with self-esteem issues? We have a core curriculum, um, which is based off of these six C's. Our six C's are confidence, communication, coping skills, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity. So all of our um, program programming and sessions um, is based around the six C's. Some of them um, intertwined or they have one just um, focused on them. But we offer girl connect groups, which um, in, a not, in a traditional world where we could be in person, the girls um, meet once a week at their school campus with our girl experts and they have opportunities to share out, go through different activities with these girl experts um, and really just work through anything that they may have going on. But um, now with the COVID era, we have switched all of our programming into um, our Spark Kits and virtual um, sessions. So Spark Kits are activity kits, which are delivered by our spirit team. We just have a new edition um, that launched this week called Lead With Your Voice, which is geared towards um, empowering girls' self-efficacy to um, use their voice to vote and get involved in their community. These kits come with a journal that has um, 25 activities, and they also have over 15 hours of access to a girl expert online or via phone or on text message. Wow, that is so cool. So how can how do people get the boxes? Do they have to like buy the boxes or do y'all just supply the boxes? Here's the best thing. Girls Empowerment Network is so adamant about making sure all girls have access to all programming. So if a girl um, needs a spark kick, she definitely has access to get one sponsored to her for complete free all the way like I'm delivering it to her playing music and wearing a tutu showing up like full shebang dropping off at her house for her that's or so if you cute. want it it is it's the it's just like that's how we create the magic and just having that connection um COVID happened so abruptly and girls were taken out of school so just um knowing that you have this hand decorated kit delivered by someone who cares about you um, it's just something that's just magical for the girls to see. So we do shout out to all our volunteers. We love our spirit team. But also we have options for Spark Kids to be bought and you can also send one to be donated. Oh, wow. I love that. 
So who like comes up with the ideas of what goes in the box or what what do you get in the box? Is it the same or is it different every time they get a box? They're different every time. Um, our Sprite, it's, it's crazy how they came about because we are all just in staff meetings like, what do we do? What is next? How do we get to our girls? And one of our program teams just was like, how about we just do a box? And we're like... You're a genius. That's correct. Like, let's do this. And um, I love our girls experts at uh, Girls of Prime Network. They have like over 25 years of knowledge of studying girls and adolescents and self-efficacy. And if you can really see it in the program, um, the journals are well thought out and they have uh, different activities. Like one activity the girls has to um, go through and check through what she identifies as and what culture she identifies with and what belief she identifies with, just so she could do some just internal learning of herself and seeing like what she actually believes and who she believes she is. And it's just, those are things that like, looking back, I wish I had, had yeah. growing up. And um, especially during times like this, we have these um, activities that help them cope with anxiety because we do these glitter jars where they shake the glitter and it helps them with their breathing. They slow their breathing down until the glitter falls to the bottom of the jar. So they all the Spark Kids have different ones. That was our first one. The Lead With Your Voice has activities like writing letters to your representative or, and it also does a timeline story of the women's suffrage movement. So I'm like obsessed with this entire idea and like your creative team must be pretty freaking amazing because to come up with stuff like that and to make it all girly and fun and interactive is like not an easy task. Yes. Uh, the thing is in the grand scheme, we are a medium sized nonprofit, but it's only like 25 of us. And all of our roles have interacted like some flyers, like you see, I created some flyers and we have like our marketing director who creates the whole journal. And if you can just see the journal, it's just aesthetically just pleasing, beautiful. I, I, any, any girl would want to read it. It's just like, they have girls wearing capes and flying around and standing in superpower pose. Like it's just beautiful. That was just one of my favorite things about um, working at Girls Empowerment Network. We are so creative and we're such a, um, mission-driven organization Mm -hmm. that uh, you can't help but fall in love with with your job. Yeah, that's so cool. So two questions. One, what is the age range for the boxes? And two, is it only for people in Houston or do y'all ship the boxes everywhere? The age range for the, we have three editions now. Original, we have our back to school kit and then we have lead your voice. Our original spark kit and our back to school um, age range is third through eighth grade. And our lead with your voice is really um, ranges for everyone. The activities definitely can fall for the third through eighth, but um, they also have a lot of voting and advocacy activities, which will be beneficial for, you know, high school and above. I know some of our um, young professional groups have ordered some and done them as a activity, like inside the house together. And is it only and for people in Texas? No, we, that's the great thing. Like for our kids have now become like a nationwide event. Of course, um, we don't do this spirit squad where someone will deliver them to your door yeah. nationwide, but you can definitely get one shipped to you. So another question, because this sounds like really amazing. How can I be the person that like dresses up in the tutu and goes to visit the, <laughs> goes to deliver it to the girl? Like that's who I would want to be. I, I think you would be so perfect for that. Like who <laughs> wouldn't want to dress up? But um, you can find all of our volunteer opportunities at Girls Empowerment 
network.org. Um, we, like I said, we have opportunities for everyone. If you're not ready to, um, you know, dress up in a tutu and deliver spark kids, we have uh, our role model letters where you could write a letter to a girl in third through eighth grade. Oh, so um, and just inspiring her and telling her what you do. And then we also have, um, this wonderful group called Girl Advocacy League, which is our giving circle, which is a membership-based uh, volunteer opportunity where they're the first to get volunteer opportunities. They host their own league events, which are come from like cooking classes to like women's wellness. And they also are fun are our peer-to-peer fundraisers. Oh my goodness. This is like literally my jam. This is what I'm all about. Like, how can I get a girls empowerment network in Baton Rouge? <laughs> I, I like I that is my dream. I um was able to get Spark Kids to an organization I volunteer with in Baton Rouge and I just shed so many tears because it was just like watching my two favorite organizations like find yeah. each other. But um we're slowly but surely working on getting um becoming nationwide. We're so ex- that's why we love our uh, Spark Kids so much because now girls across the nation have access to our programming. We just want to continue to grow from there. All right. Well, we're going to switch gears and talk about you as a person, because I know that you compete in pageants and I want to know all about like your pageant journey. How did you get started? What made you want to start competing? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I started competing in pageants about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. You're a veteran. (laughs) Yes, I'm old. I'm I'm in the game now. I remember running into Miss Teen Louisiana at the Special Olympics, we were both volunteering, but you know, she was volunteering in a crown and sash. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to volunteer in a crown and sash as well. So probably the next day I was like, I'm signing up for Miss Team Louisiana USA. And went from there, I competed, made top, that was when they did top 20. So I made top 20 that year. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. But I lost and I was like, oh, this is not it for me. I was I was instantly hooked. I just found the next pageant. I went to National. I was I'm a system hopper. I went to National Miss after that, and it just I was in a pageant every year. You've done a pageant every year after that moment. Pretty much. Uh, oh wow! I love competing. So I was um I did a pageant every year till I really started winning. So because once you have your title, you know you reign for a year. Yeah. You get busy, you get tired. Yeah. So I I started slowing down the every year thing when I won my Miss Black Washita Parish title in the Miss Black USA system. Mm-hmm. And I was training for um Miss Black Louisiana, where I came in first runner up. That's awesome. Um, yes, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, and then I started coaching from there and just took a seat back. And then I also started my own nonprofit in Donsonville, Louisiana, where I hosted the very first Miss Donsonville team. So that was um, my life for a nice couple of years. And then I got back in the game and won my national title as Miss Black Empowerment. That is so cool. So you started, uh, you started like a prelim or just a pageant in general in Donaldsonville? I started the, um, I started the Donaldsonville and then we were going to go to prelim for USA, mm-hmm. but um, USA is funny. So we were. It is. To, it is kind um, of this black. We went to this black USA, and that's where they are. They yeah. are still now. Um, during grad school, my mother um picked up picked up most of the work with my nonprofit because I was in graduate school. 
So what would you say is one of the biggest lessons you've learned from pageantry? Pageantry has just taught me so much about myself as a person. Um, I'm just, anybody can tell you, I'm, I'm a pageant junkie in and out. I believe this is my sport and this is my passion. And I think pageantry, the biggest lesson that I'm taking away from it is that everyone can compete and that everyone is a winner. And if you put your all into it, and if you really work, there's nothing that you can't succeed. I remember when I first was starting out, you know, um, it was hard for African-American girls to win. Like people were looking at me like, why are you here? Right. I'm like one of the three black girls competing. Exactly. And yeah, I remember watching Layla Lopes win Miss Universe in 2012. And I was like, she did it. Like, oh my gosh, like the world is, the sky is the limit now. Like she she won and she's the same skin tone as me. Like I could do it. Yeah. And that's just, I, I can't, you know, thank pageantry enough for um, instilling that in me because, you know, it was just, it was just different beforehand. Yeah. Representation matters so much. It really does. Like, it's so hard to feel like you can accomplish something if you've never seen anybody else who looks like you accomplish it. Like, you just feel like the odds and the world is stacked against you and there's no way that you can do it. But there have been so many amazing title holders and Black women who have literally paved the way for us to actually start competing and to actually start winning and believing that we can actually go and win. Like I can't, like last year when I was watching Chesley, I was literally looking at this girl like, she is me. I am her. Like I can see myself mm-hmm. doing that. And lo and behold, the following year, like I am going to be on that stage, hopefully being a representation for another young girl to look and see like, oh my gosh, like this is so possible for me. Yeah, that's, that's why I root for you so hard. It's like, oh my gosh, you went to Southern. Like, this is about to be great. If we have a Southern graduate with Miss USA, like the world is going to explode. Girl, they going to throw me the biggest homecoming parade. <laughs> exactly. And that's just, you know, I love it. Um, and I love paying homage to the Black women that uh, paved the way. With uh, competing for Miss Houston, I get to work under Crystal Stewart, who, you know, is... Yes, you know, an icon. Person. Yes, I remember sitting at the open call and the teams, they all don't know how big of a deal Crystal is, but me sitting back there, I'm like, y'all, no, <laughs> she's the one. That is, <laughs> that no, she is but the, really. he's in pageantry, guys. Like, this is, this is the best. And I'm just so, um, I'm so grateful for this opportunity because never, if you would have asked me way back when, when I was just randomly signing up for pageants would I study under Crystal Stewart and compete for Miss Houston and go to Miss Texas I'm like ah maybe no I don't know yeah and it's actually um becoming real and I and I just you know love that that's so cool so what are you most looking forward to about competing for Miss Houston that's a big pageant but all pageants in Texas are big like y'all always have so many girls competing (laughs) yes I like Oh, it's, it is a big pageant. I think <laughs> what I'm looking forward to the most is actually competing. This pageant has been um, postponed since this past April. So oh, wow. we're going on like a year and a half of preparation. So just being able to finally um, hit the stage is going to be reviving, you know, win, lose or draw. I'm just happy to be in the game and competing. 
Yeah, that's how I feel about Miss USA. Like literally, I've been waiting for so long. My one year crowning anniversary is in three days. I'm like, how I can't even fathom this because I haven't even been to USA yet. Like it's just all yeah. so crazy to me that this is happening. <laughs> I know. I yeah. I was like, every time she pushed it back, I was just like, no, I want to just compete. But she's like, no, we want you to have the pageant experience that yeah. you deserve. And that's why I uh, I love her because because um she understands the standard that um it takes to compete in pageantry. But she comes across as like such a humble way if she really just wants you to um, grow and grow within yourself and set these standards for yourself. Um, when it comes down to like simple things, like we turned in our paperwork and she's just like, you know, make sure y'all take your time out to like type it out and make sure it's all correct. Just um, set these small standards for yourself. And it just goes along um, as an adult. Yeah, it really does. You learn so many important just life lessons in general, competing in pageants. And she's right. Like there is a standard that you expect, you know, and I know things are going to be so different at USA this year, but they're still upholding that same like USA standard. Like we want you guys to experience this as much as you possibly can. And even though the circumstances are a little different, you know, we're still going to give you guys the the things that you deserve and you know the way that the pageant should be so i'm so excited i literally leave in like 16 days which is oh, i know i'm so excited for you all you know everyone's predictions are coming out and everybody's just like so excited i i you know miss usa is like my super bowl so it I is really <laughs> cannot wait and now since like i had a year to get to know all the contestants like it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Y'all have, you have, you have great competition. Like, I think this is, I know this is a show. We have a really good group of girls and a really good variety and diverse group. So I'm really excited to finally meet everyone. And like, I feel like I know people just through social media, but I don't really know them. So it's going to be really exciting to like actually see them in person and like touch them and hug them. Cause I'm a people person. (laughs) I love hugs. Like I just want to squeeze everyone so, so tight. (laughs) Well, we are coming up on the end of this episode. So I have one last and final question for you. And it is, what is the biggest life lesson that you have learned? so far the biggest life lesson i've learned so far is i'm gonna just quote nike and just do it (laughs) i moved out here to houston with like probably a hundred dollars in my bank account and was like i'm gonna just figure it out and i'm not advising everyone to just go down that path but if it's something that you're really passionate about and you feel it and you know you can do it just do it don't hesitate as you can see life is short and clearly we don't know like plans change right. and you just shouldn't take this time that we have for granted so if you're passionate about something i say just you know grab the horns and go for it short and sweet but there's so much power behind that because starting or doing something like taking the first step is always the hardest part it is always the hardest part. But once you make it past that first step, it's like, okay, like I'm just going to keep going now. Like an object in motion stays in motion. So you just got to keep going. Like you can't stop. Even, yes. if, even if you feel like there's no possible way or they've already started a business like this or she's already doing makeup. Like, girl, it's not you. I saw this TikTok and she was like, yeah, my friend came up with this great idea and then she was like oh but this girl already did it and the girl said I looked at her and I said but she not you 
like they're they're right. like, like other people it. who are doing something but they're not you like you are going to have your own clientele you're gonna bring your own piece of it to whatever it is that you're trying to do and like you can't let the fact that other people are doing it stop you from actually doing it rihanna started fenty beauty and they had mac two-faced all these other people and now this woman is on track to be a billionaire like you can't tell me like that's not favor so you just gotta start somewhere start somewhere it doesn't matter how many people have done it they are not you just do it as bria said (laughs) preach Sermon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Bria, go ahead and give everybody your social media so they can follow you. Thank you. My social media is my name at Bria Virgil, B-R-I-A-V-I-R-G-I-L. Or you can follow Girls Empowerment Network at Girls Empowerment Network. Yes. Y'all be sure to follow them because that is an amazing organization. Get involved in any way you can. I'm going to try and see if we can't make something happen out here because I need that. <laughs> yes. come. We, we always are a fan of a girl advocate. You're always welcome, Mariah. So. <laughs> All right, here. you guys. I hope you enjoy this episode. Also, make sure if you have a story that you would like to share, send me an email at mystory@girlsirl.org, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope that it was able to enhance your life in some way. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast before you leave and also follow us on Instagram at underscore girls IRL. Go out and live a fearless and filter free life and always remember to keep it real. Keep it real.